0: Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. church. It is so good to be with you here this morning. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Scott. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Nashville Vineyard. It is a joy to be with you this morning, even if, even if we have to do it online. This morning, we're going to be taking a look at Colossians chapter 3 and primarily verses 1 to 2. We're going to be considering where our focus is at in this life. Now, certainly right now, there's a lot of different things vying for our attention. There's a lot of important things going on in life. But no matter what is happening, our focus, our attention deserves to be on one person and in one place. And so this morning, as we look at Colossians, I pray that we'll be encouraged, that we'll be inspired, and even a little convicted at places in our lives where we've been way too caught up in things that aren't very important. Well, if you turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, we'll read those verses and then we'll pray. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Lord God, we love you. and We praise your holy name. You are so, so amazing. You are holy and you are worthy of all of our praise. And so we give it to you. Lord, help us to keep our focus on you. Help us to keep you in first place in every aspect, every corner of our heart. This morning, as we dive into your truth, Lord, help me to speak according to your plan and design. And Lord, help each of us to grasp that which we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if we consider Colossians as a whole, right, we don't just want to cherry pick a couple verses and say this is what they mean, but we want to think about them a little bit within their context. Now, Paul and Timothy are writing this letter to the church at Colossae and their primary purpose throughout the letter is to emphasize the preeminence of Jesus in all categories of life. He does this over and over again and then For the first three chapters, he really, really emphasizes this. And then about chapter three, the shift starts to happen. And then it starts to emphasize, along with Christ's preeminence, the way that we should respond to our Lord and Savior. Now, one of the primary reasons that Paul and Timothy were writing the letter for this purpose was that two groups had gotten in amongst the church. The church had started to get distracted by philosophy and and really ethereal or, or uberly spiritual type of learning. And they'd also gotten distracted by legalism. And so often in our lives, there are things that come in that look religious or look really good, that distract us, that get us off course from remembering that Jesus should have first place in everything. Really, to emphasize this, I'd like us to turn just back one page. If you're in an actual Bible, if you're on your phone, just scroll over a little bit. Colossians chapter 1. And in the first chapter of Colossians, Paul and Timothy include what many scholars believe to be an early church hymn that really extols the virtues of Christ. And I don't want to read it all, but I want to read part of it. We're going to start in verse 15 of chapter 1. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's the point. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is The beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. There isn't a category, an aspect, an ounce of our life where Jesus shouldn't have and shouldn't be first place. He, in him and through him, all things were created. In him, all things hold together. He's before all things. He's above all things. He's it. He is the purpose, the aim, the whole point of our lives. And so then when we get to chapter three, when we get there and and Paul and Timothy write, therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, and that's another way of saying if you have left your old life behind and are choosing to follow Jesus, if you are following the way of Jesus, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We're to keep seeking Christ, him who is first place, him who is above, and the things that are seated with him. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. So we're to keep seeking after these things. We're to pursue them, to strive after them. And then we're to set our minds. This is two ways of saying the same thing. We're to strive after. We're to run toward. We're to declare that we are on his team. We've chosen the side of Jesus, and that's where we're going to put our focus, our energy, our action in life. That's what Paul's saying here. He's reminding them that this is the choice you made. You decided to follow Jesus. Keep doing it. Keep going. And I'm sure that just like you or I, they probably had good days and bad days. I know I have bad days. I have good days. and I just want to run you through the difference in my days. Just as an example. On a bad day, I sleep through my alarm because I'm tired. I don't wanna get out of bed so that when I finally do, I look at my clock and I realize I gotta get on my laptop because I have work. I gotta get on my laptop because I have meetings, I have people that I need to hire, I'm a recruiter for a corporation. So I'm trying to hire people, I need to get up, I need to get moving. But in order to do that, I turn into this whirlwind of frustration through my house. You see, everything revolves around me and my need to get on my laptop so that I can get my work done. So I'm grabbing my coffee. You know, I'm moving through the house with pace. I'm, I'm not concerned about who I offend. And in the process, my wife gets offended, my children get offended, and my dog gets offended. Because I'm not paying attention to them. I'm too busy, focused on myself. And then when I get to work, the pattern continues. The whirlwind of frustration goes on. I'm so busy feeling behind that I'm continuing to look at myself. I'm not, I might still be able to get my work done efficiently, but I'm not being salt and light. Matthew chapter 5 tells us and instructs us to let our light shine that men might see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Well, I'm the opposite of that on those days. My light is not shining at all because the whirlwind of frustration blew it out. And then by the time I get done with work, I'm exhausted. It's been a frustrating day, it's been hard. I'm stressed. So then I pull out my phone and instead of rejoining and spending time with my family, even though I work from home, I scroll through social media, I watch some silly YouTube videos. I basically do nothing. I continue to be focused on myself. and I come out, we eat dinner together. My wife and I put our children to bed, but then I'm tired. It's been a long day. And so I sit on my couch. I watch TV. I stay up probably too late. And I fall asleep and I don't start myself off right for the next day. That's a bad day. That's a day focused on me seeking the things that are here on this earth and that revolve around me. On my good days. For me, for me on my good days, it looks like I'm the first one up in our house. I'm up and I'm out. I'm either in one of the rooms, praying, reading scripture. Sometimes I go for walks because it's a great way for me to pray. It's a great place for me to clear my head. I even go on runs at times just because runs really help me to meditate upon the Lord. So it might look differently on any given day, but it always starts with me focusing upward on him. Seeking those things which are above. You see, then as I move through my day and and when other members of our family start to wake up, I'm ready to love them well. I'm looking at their needs, not my needs. And we are all happy because there's no whirlwind of frustration. It's just that whirlwind of God's love being manifested in our house. And it all starts Focusing upward from the beginning. Then when I get to work, I'm not in a rush to get through meetings. I'm more focused on what type of witness I am for my Lord and Savior. Is he remaining in first place as I do my work and do my work well? Then usually our family time in the evening is a lot sweeter. I get to bed on time and I'm able to start the next day right. Because I did that day focused upwards. I didn't sacrifice the momentary for the or the eternity for the moment. I was focused on that which was above, not on things on the earth. Now, I'm sure that you have good days and bad days as well, and yours might look different than mine, and that's okay. But I would exhort you that this week, as you go through it, That you would take the time to consider what things help set you up for success in focusing on things above, not on things in the earth. Is it getting up a little bit earlier? Is it having your clothes laid out? I don't know what it might be, but whatever it is that helps you do it. And think about it this week as you go through that. Think about where is my focus? And if you find it's not on Jesus, remind yourself that he should be in first place, in everything. Now, obviously, when we get into topics like this, we start to think about things like prayer, like getting into scriptures, and those other spiritual disciplines. And those are so important in our lives. But I want to take a moment and stop and remind us that as we're talking about living this out, as we're talking about focus on things above, not things on this earth, that we are saved by grace. It is by grace that we have been saved. It's not of works. So these spiritual disciplines, they're not for salvation, they're for celebration. They're for celebration of this God who is before all things, who is above all things, who is the first, born among creation. In him, all things hold together, that he, in all things he might have first place. And I know I didn't quote that exactly. But that's what we're reminding ourselves of, that we are celebrating that Jesus is king over all over every aspect of our lives. So these spiritual disciplines are ways for us to just continually rejoice in the Lord, to celebrate him and his goodness. He is so worthy of it. And in celebrating him, we keep our focus on things above, not on things on the earth. We remind ourselves that our life is hidden with Christ in God. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, as we talk about spiritual disciplines, the first places my mind always goes are prayer and time in Scripture. And one of the places that I think our mind should go a little bit more is to the Great Commission, to carrying out this commission of Jesus. If you're not familiar with it, at the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them to go into all nations making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is, when I say great commission, that's what I mean. That means going into all nations, making disciples of Jesus and baptizing them. And this is such an important aspect of our lives. It's such an important aspect of who we've been called to be and how we follow Jesus. You see, he told us, He instructed, he commissioned his disciples to do this, to be a follower of Jesus. It's just a part of our job description. Yet it's one that more often than not is omitted. Because let's be honest. It's a little intimidating sometimes to walk up to somebody in the grocery store and ask them if they know about Jesus. It can be awkward to start a conversation with a stranger or to knock on someone's door. And yet, that's what he's called us to do. He's called us to go into all nations. Now, I want to remind us that all nations also includes your neighborhood and mine. It includes the places we live, the people that come in our door, whether they are friends, whether they're neighbors, whether they're families, just coming over for dinner. Recently, Mandra and I had a friend come visit us from the Northern Virginia area. Now, this is a friend that we knew, but we didn't know really well. We'd interacted several times before. I think I'd only talked to him about Jesus a few times, probably three or four times. I prayed for him one time prior to when you know this invitation for him to come stay with us happened. What we primarily talked about was soccer. We both love soccer. We are, are the teams that we each support are rivals and so we always talked about that. We would give each other grief when they were playing. We had a friendly relationship. And yet, a month and a half ago, I hadn't talked to this guy for almost a year. And then one morning my phone rang. And it's my friend on the other line and I said, "Hey man, what's going on?" And you know, he was calling me because Things in his life that he had put in first place had failed and were falling apart, and he couldn't get peace. He didn't have peace, and he remembered. He remembered for some reason that when he talked to me, when he was done, he always felt peaceful. Now, like I said, I hadn't been overly pushy with religion, but I just loved him. We were friendly. I'd prayed for him in the past, and we talked a lot about soccer. And yet, if we go back to Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Something about the peace of God that dwells in me impacted this man when we interacted. And as a result, when he needed peace, he called me. So we talked. And he explained what was going on in his life, and I... Told, asked him if he wanted my opinion, if he wanted my two cents. He said he did, and so I shared with him how he had placed these things in first place. His focus was on them and not on the Lord. And I asked him, what his relationship with Jesus was like? And you know, it was pretty minimal. So I prayed for him, I talked to him. But he wasn't interested in making a real commitment to follow Jesus at that time. And so we invited him down. We said, hey, come spend a weekend with us. Let's have some fun together. So he came down from Virginia to Tennessee, where we live. Stayed in our home. We went on hikes together. We played games. We had a great time. And our whole family got to share the gospel with him, both in how we live, but also with our words. And you know, just a short bit before he left. After a weekend and on the night before Mandra, my wife and I were unsure of how the next morning was going to go. But we really wanted to help him take that next step in this walk towards following Jesus. Well, that next morning, the Holy Spirit guided our conversation. And it ended up with this man deciding to let go of the things that he had placed up high. And to put Jesus in his rightful place and to follow him. We prayed together, we embraced, we cried, and we rejoiced that Jesus is Lord. You see, you might not know the difference that you're having, but I encourage you to plant seeds. Share the gospel, not only with your life, but also with your words. Tell people about the Jesus you love and the Jesus you follow. Share the good news of the kingdom, that we are wretched sinners dead in trespasses and sins without God and without hope in this world. That any peace that we have is fleeting, but that there is a Prince of Peace and his name is Jesus and he died for our sins. He died to bring us back into right relationship with the Father. So I encourage you, be bold. just like you step out in prayer, just like you step out in time in scripture, step out. Pray for people as you go about. Now, this takes being focused on things above, not on things in the earth. You know, right now, one of the big things that we have to focus on is this global pandemic. There is a pandemic all around us. And it is trying to distract us from following our Lord and Savior. You see, we're, and I'm not saying we're, but People tend to be caught up in conspiracy theory or caught up in the need for a vaccine. And and there's no room for middle ground. And I would tell you that that a conspiracy theory or a resolution to that, whatever that might look like, a vaccine, a mask, those things are not the hope of this world. Jesus Christ is. Now, I'm not saying that, that masks aren't a good idea. Our family started wearing masks before it was mandated throughout the Nashville and and Williamson County area. The reason was, we found that no one was wanting to talk to us anymore. And so my wife had this brilliant idea that we should start wearing our masks again. So we tried it. And the first day that we put them back on, we were in the grocery store sharing the gospel and praying for people because they were comfortable talking to us again. You see, things had changed because we would put a piece of cloth over our face. Now, I personally don't find masks all that comfortable. But I'm willing to be uncomfortable. And really, honestly, it's not that uncomfortable. But I'm willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of getting to share the gospel, right? Where is our focus? Am I just trying to get in or get out of the grocery store? Or am I looking for opportunity for people who have needs? Because right now, people need the hope and the peace that only comes in Jesus Christ. And I genuinely believe that social distancing, that those things are important. But man, it shouldn't stop us from going after that one lost sheep. Remember, even Jesus touched lepers from time to time. Now, the other thing in this world that's, or especially in the United States that's distracting right now, is this election coming up. It's politics. And man, I can't get on social media without seeing things like, you're not a Christian if you don't vote this way or that way. And I want to remind us as a church this morning that Trump is not the hope of this world or this nation, that Biden is not the hope of this world or this nation, but only Jesus is. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't necessarily get involved and use our voice in the public sphere. But what I am saying is that we shouldn't be so Republican and so Democrat that people can't see that we are for the kingdom of God. Where is our focus? Who has first place? If someone looked at your Facebook feed, what would they identify you as? What? would they identify you or me as? Would it shout the kingdom of God from the top? And I want to remind us too, because it's really easy to point at major sin in either political party, but I just want to remind us that there is sin throughout the policies of both major parties and all the minor ones as well. I also want to remind us That perhaps the greatest move of God came while revival, if you will, came while the church was under the oppression of an empire and had no say in the public sphere. Perhaps, perhaps we should spend more time trying to move the kingdom of God, see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven through our words and through our actions, than just through our vote, than just through public policy. Instead of trying to legislate morality, why don't we share the good news of who Jesus is? You see, all of this comes back to what our focus is. When we wake up, are we causing this whirlwind of frustration or are we running to the Lord? Throughout our day, are we thinking about ourselves and our own comfort? Or are we looking and keeping our mind focused on things above so that we can impact the world? This is who we are called to be as children of God. We are image bearers. We are called to be salt and light in this world. So let's keep our focus on him. Let's keep seeking things above where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God. Let's set our minds on things above, not on things on the earth. And as a result, let's let our light shine. Let our light shine that men might see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Lord God, we glorify you. We praise your holy name for you are good all, the time. Lord, help us to draw our attention upwards towards you at all times. Light a fire in us that we might spread your light in this earth. It's in your name I pray. Amen. If you haven't taken those steps towards following Jesus, if you're new to this whole Jesus thing, Join us in our new believers classes that we have available online. If you need healing, join us in our healing classes. And check out our website for our small groups, for our house churches around the Nashville area. Be in community. Get filled up so that you can impact this world. I love you. Have a great week. For all upcoming events more information about the National Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nationalvineyard.org. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.